Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hey, Transformers. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another amazing Sunday here at Transform Church. I'm so excited that you chose to join us because we're in this amazing series called Different. And today we're actually on our final episode of Different. And so the title that I have for you this morning is called Different Perspective Under Pressure. Different perspective when we go through persecution. And you know, persecution is a normal fact of being a Christ follower because a lot of us go through tremendous persecution, whether it comes from external situations or even internally from our family sometimes, we do face persecution. One of the things that Jesus actually mentioned when he deals deals with persecution is that all of us actually go through it. You know what Jesus did not promise us? Jesus did not promise us that if we follow him, we will be rich. Jesus did not promise us that if we follow him, you'll never get your heart broken. Your boyfriend or your girlfriend will never say anything bad to you or won't leave you hurt. That you'll never be betrayed by your husband or your wife. That you will never encounter any problems in your life if you follow him. That's not what he talked about at all. And I want to pause there for a second and address this because a lot of times across the world in different places, a lot of people say that if you follow Jesus, that you'll never have a problem. That your life is just going to go so smoothly. It's just going to be dewdrops and rainbows. You'll never have a problem to deal with because you've made this amazing choice in your life. And that will eliminate all stress, all persecution, all worry from your life. It's just going to be a beautiful journey from now on. And I cannot understate or overstate is probably the more appropriate word, how unequivocally I disagree with that statement. It is completely false and actually does not have any depth or basis in scripture at all. That is not what Jesus said at all. And to actually present that as a benefit of following Jesus, and they might be doing it because, you know, they want to get people to follow Jesus, but it actually gives them a very bad start because as soon as they face any sort of persecution they're not going to believe anything that you've said in the past so let's look at what jesus actually did say to start with and that's important that we base our knowledge our ways our truth on the foundational knowledge of one truth or what jesus did actually say Not what we conjecture to him to say or not what we hope that he said, but what he actually said. And this is what Jesus actually said. What did he promise? He actually, in fact, he said that if you follow him, you are actually going to face tremendous persecution. And this comes to us from John chapter 15. And he says these profound words. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. In verse 20, he says, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. There's going to be a persecution that comes your way if you choose to follow in the ways of Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus, if you genuinely desire to follow in his footsteps, you're going to bear the same type of persecution that's going to come into your life. And so I want to challenge you with this thought. This is going to be the most encouraging message you don't want to hear. 
because it's going to give us insight into why persecution happens, but we don't always like persecution, do we? None of us put up our hand and say, yes, give me more of that. We, in fact, don't want to do it for it at all. We want to run away in the opposite direction. But it's going to be an encouraging message. And so I'll remind you again that this is coming to us from the book of First Peter. And Peter, of course, is writing to these tremendously persecuted Christ followers, this brand new movement, first century Jesus followers that have been living in the society that completely misunderstood them. They don't understand anything they do. In fact, they were ostracized. They were looked down upon, oftentimes persecuted, you know, and put under a tremendous amount of pressure because of what they believed. And so in this particular instance, you know, Nero, who is this emperor of Rome, and he wanted to beautify Rome. And, you know, he didn't get the funds or the approval from the Senate to do that. So most people believe that he set fire to Rome and burned down. And so who to blame? Well, there's this misunderstood people right in the middle of them. They're a minority. Let's blame them. And so that's exactly what he did. Nero blamed these Jesus' followers for the destruction of Rome. And so even more persecution, even more pressure, even more ostracization came into their lives. And so they were living day to day. They did not know whether they'd survive tomorrow. They did not know what's going to happen to them, their family members, their loved ones. They might die in arenas. They might die under different things. And, you know, they were all under this persecution. And even though there was tremendous persecution then, most people believe, and there's evidence for this, that we are actually living in the decade where there's actually the most persecution in the history of the world that has come to Christ followers. According to Open Doors, let me give you a few inf- pieces of information. According to Open Doors, 105 churches are attacked, burned, or vandalized each month across the world. And in the world as a whole, 245 million Christians of the top 50 watchlist countries in the world, 245 million Christians in the world experience high levels of persecution for their simple choice to follow Jesus. They lose loved ones, property, family because of that choice. They're burned, they're murdered, they're destroyed, they're raped. All kinds of horrible things are being done to them just because they choose to follow Jesus. And what's amazing is that none of that stuff has persuaded them not from following Jesus. They understood they're going to come under persecution, yet they never surrender their faith in Jesus. In spite of all of the stuff that's been done to them and their families, they don't surrender their faith in Jesus Christ. It says one in nine Christians worldwide experience high levels of persecution. And so, Open Doors breaks it down by continent. Let me just give you the top three. And it says this, one out of six Christians in Africa experience high levels of persecution because of their faith in Jesus. One out of three Christians in Asia experience really high levels of persecution because they've decided to follow Jesus. One out of 21 Christians in South America experience the extreme pressure of persecution simply for putting their faith in Jesus Christ. You know, we in our world, we might not experience that same level of persecution that they do, where they lose property or lose loved ones or lose, you know, their livelihood or all the things that they have in their life. We, however, do experience our level of persecution living in our particular type of environment. 
In their world, they might lose a family member. But in our world, we might lose a job because they don't agree with our faith or our, our thinking or our thought process. They might be arrested and beaten. We might not be invited to a party or invited along with other friends. And I want you to understand that is a level of persecution. To be ostracized, to be looked down upon, to not be included, it is a level of persecution. And it might not be that level where we lose our life, but yet we are ostracized because of the, what we believe in. And so Peter wants us to understand that we have to be different. We have to have a different perspective when it comes to persecution. We have to have an understanding that God gives us because if we look at it through our natural lens, through our, you know, our, our eyes, we're going to not really like what this is going through. Why do we need to go through this? But Peter wants to give us a deeper understanding and he wants us to unpack what God really intends or God's purpose in the middle of this. Remind you that Jesus went through the very same thing. And so he says this, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. As if something strange were happening to you. See, if you're living faithfully for Jesus, don't be surprised if you go through persecution. Don't be surprised if people ostracize you. Don't be surprised if people don't invite you to parties. Don't be surprised if they look down upon you or make fun of you or call you weird or say that you're, you, know, you don't think properly or you believe in some sort of fairy tale thing. Don't be surprised if people aren't in your corner because you choose to follow Jesus. You know, when Peter actually says these words, he's writing to these people that history tells us went through persecution. This is what Nero did. And I mentioned this previously. You know, he would take these Christ followers. He would, he would take animal blood. He'd put it over them. He'd put animal skin and he'd throw them into cages with wild dogs so they could rip them apart and maul them while he would sit and watch this as entertainment. So it was reported that he, he took Christ followers, he would dip them in hot wax and he would tie them to trees and set them on fire while he would entertain in the evening with his guests. And they would eat and celebrate watching as these Christians burnt alive. And so he says this, uh, some theologians think that Peter was being very literal when he writes these, these words. Don't be surprised by fiery trials because they were literally being lit on fire for what they believed in. And so they went under persecution because of their faith in Jesus. And we go through persecution because of our faith in Jesus. Not because we want to be like everyone else, but because purely for that one reason, because we put our faith in Jesus. Oftentimes, we don't face persecution when we are not following the way Jesus wants us to. You see, the fact of the matter is, You'll only be persecuted if you're actually following in the ways and footsteps, the words and the life of Jesus. If you're doing it, if you're not doing it that way, then you're not going to be persecuted. You're not going to be, uh, no one's going to come against you because you'll go along with the trend. You go along with everything else. Let me use a sports analogy. If those of you who like sports or whatever game that you watch, whether it's football or cricket or, or soccer, I like basketball, so I always love watching basketball. But here's what happens in any sport. You have people on the playing field and they're invested and they are participating in the game. They actually participating to get the outcome that they want. And you have an opposing team. You're playing against someone. There's someone that, yeah, trying to actually outscore you or beat you in this game. And so their strategy is to play the best they can to beat you, to make sure that you don't win. 
But most sports, you have something called the bench, you know, or, or subs that sit on the bench on the sidelines. And their job is sometimes to come into the game when it's necessary. But for the most part, the players on the field are not necessarily concerned with those that are sitting on the sidelines. They're not actually affecting the game. They're not in you know, the battle, so to speak. So they don't concern themselves with what's on the sidelines. They're focused on who is actually in the game. And so the opposition then is playing against who is in the game and not on the bench. So say if I was playing basketball, you know, and, and I wasn't one of the starters, I wasn't in the game, and I was sitting on the bench and I was there with my big bag of chips and my phone and I was checking out Twitter or Facebook or whatever or posting selfies of myself, you know, sitting on the bench in my jersey and my big bag of chips. Now, I might have the uniform, I might be identified with the team, but I'm not actually participating in the game and affecting the outcome. And so the opposition, are they concerned with me? Are they worried about what I'm doing? Absolutely not, because I'm not affecting the game. I'm not playing against them. And so oftentimes when we sit on the sidelines, we're actually not coming under persecution, which another way of saying this is that sometimes we sit on the spiritual bench. We're not participating in God's calling in our life. And therefore, we're not coming under persecution. Because the reality is that if you follow Jesus in the ways of Jesus, that's when you get persecuted. And so the question is that if you're not getting persecuted, it's not because everything is great in your life. It's just because you're not, the enemy is not a threat, threatened by you. There's no threat to you. You're not on the playing field. You're not in a position. And you might be wearing the name as of Christ follower. You might have the jersey on of the team but you're not in the game. And therefore, you're not affecting the outcome. You're not changing the circumstances of the game. And so sometimes when we sit on the bench, on the spiritual bench, you know, we don't serve, we don't give, we don't pour in toward the kingdom of God, we don't pray like we're supposed to pray, we don't share out of the gifts and the talents that God has blessed us with. We're just sitting down and therefore we're no threat to the enemy, we're no threat to anything at the kingdom of darkness. And so he's not concerned about us. There's no persecution that's going to come our way. And so if you don't want to be a threat to the kingdom, then you can sit on the bench and you're not going to have any problems. But it's these people and us who are on the front lines, who are in the game, that are actually participating and hoping to get the outcome we want, playing against the opposition, the enemy, or the players on the other team, that actually invest in the game that they're concerned about stopping. See, Think about it in another sense, that if you were recruited to be in the army and your commanding officer said, okay, we're going into this battle, you know, and you put on your armor and you have your bows and your arrows and you're going down to the battlefield and you get to the battlefield and when the enemy starts shooting arrows at you, you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be like, hold on a second, why are they shooting arrows at me? No, you understand that you are in the battle and therefore because you're in the battle, you're facing the darts of the enemy. If you're sitting on the sidelines, if you're back in the town, sitting on your you know, table in the middle of the square, having a glass of water with your friends, you're not going to be shot by any arrows. But it's because you're on the battlefield that you're facing the attack of the enemy. See, don't be surprised that you're attacked on the battlefield. Because Christianity is a battlefield, it's not a playground. We're not there to play fun and games. We're there to actually be in battle. And so Peter says, do not be surprised by these fiery trials. Don't be shocked when people come against you. Don't be put off when people talk about you. 
Don't be completely overwhelmed and, you know, completely in awe that people are coming against you for what you believe. It's just how it happened because you're not going along with the more with the popularity. You're going with what Jesus has called you to do. And so why would this happen? So he says this, instead, be very glad. And think about that for a second. I just want you to pause and think. Were they glad that they were losing their lives? Were they glad that they were being put into arenas and being made a spectacle of as wild animals ripped them apart? Were they glad when they were losing their lives, their loved ones, their livelihood? Are we glad when we lose a job or not invited to a party? No, of course we're not. That's not something to be happy about. We can't take pleasure in that. But he says this, look at this. Instead, be glad. Why? For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. If you're going through suffering, you're actually being like Christ. You're following in his footsteps. You're following in the example of Jesus. Because he went through it, as he says, you will go through it. And it's because you are following Jesus that you encounter like persecution. If you are not following Jesus in the way he's asked you to, you are not going to encounter the same opposition. That's the clarity that Peter wants us to understand. If you are going through persecution, it's because you are a genuine Christ follower, following in the example of Jesus. He continues, so that you will have this wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. The glory of God is revealed in our time of persecution, when we are steady under pressure. It's not when we panic like everyone else, but it's we prove the glory of God when, as genuine Christ followers, we go through persecution with the same outlook that Jesus had. What's important for us to understand, and here's something that's probably contrasting to something that happens elsewhere. And as I said before, this is going to be the most encouraging message you don't want to hear. You see, in our current culture, in the world that we live in, especially in the Western world, our priority is not to seek God's purpose for our life first, it's to seek comfort for ourselves. Because everything in our world is geared towards making us comfortable. And that's the greatest challenge we face as Western Christ followers. You know, I've been to Asia, I've been to Africa, and they don't have the same mentality or outlook that we do in the Western world. Oftentimes, you can tell the priority of your life by how you pray. What do you mean? Well, think about how you pray. Do you pray, God, would you protect me today? Would you provide for me? Would you give me a better job? Would you give me a new car? Will you take care of my family? Would you make sure I have enough finances? Would you make sure I have food on my table? Bless my food that I have. The prayer that we pray often reveals the intent of our heart. While people in the Western world pray these things, people in Asia and Africa, they're praying, Lord, I want to do your will. Help me be more like you. My whole purpose is to shine like you. And so, yes, if I lose this and I use that, but my goal is to be like you. And so their prayers reveal their purpose, while our prayers reveal our purpose. And there's a great danger when we lose focus of what God has called us to. Because you see, the desire for comfort takes us further 
from God's will for our life. So many people in our world are seeking comfort. They're seeking the ease of life. They're looking for the pleasure that the world offers, all these things. And when we seek comfort, we avoid confrontation. We avoid conflict. And when we avoid conflict, what happens then is that we dodge any opposition. And when we dodge opposition, we're taking the path of least resistance. A real example of that is, say you're at a friend's house and you know they might be drinking or smoking something and they offer it to you and you don't want to stick out, you don't want to be the sore thumb, you don't want to feel like you're out of the group. And so you participate, not because you want to, but because you want to be part of something rather than be the one on the outside. And so we do it. Or someone's making you know, a lewd joke or a rude joke or a racist joke. We'll laugh and, and we'll join in with that laughter, even though we don't believe that or think like that. We're laughing because we want to fit in. And so we want to be comfortable with our group rather than stand apart from that group. And so a lot of time we veil our faith, we hide our faith in Jesus just to be part and be welcomed and be part of and just to be comfortable in the surroundings that we're at. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we shine for Jesus. We don't follow under that because we know if we say something in opposition to what they think or believe, they're going to say something to us. They're going to call you weird. They're going to say that you act different and they don't want to be part of what you think like. And so we often try to fit in because we want to be comfortable. And so in our culture, it's the pursuit of comfort that takes priority sometimes. See what comfort does, when you pursue comfort, you avoid opposition. And when you avoid opposition, it weakens your faith. And the reverse for that is when you live boldly, when you declare Jesus, when you stand for him, when you are not afraid to confess that you are a genuine follower of Jesus, come what may, you're going to stand up for what is right. When you live boldly, you will face opposition. But here's the benefit. When you face opposition, it strengthens your faith. It emboldens you. It calls you to a higher place. It strengthens your life in Jesus. And so this is the most encouraging thing that you're going to hear that you don't want to, right? Because we don't want to hear about that because we'd rather be comfortable. And Sabido wants to just hit us on this point and encourage us to lean into what God's perspective is rather than what we want to make us comfortable. He says this, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, Keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to God who created you for he will never fail you. I love what Peter says there. Not the fact that we're going to suffer, you know, that's the reality. So he says, if you're suffering in the like manner, it pleases God because you're following in Jesus' footsteps. But here is it. Keep on doing what is right. Even if you're not popular, even if you're, you're not invited to every party, even if sometimes you lose the job, keep on doing what is right and trust God for the results. Keep on doing what's right in your workplace. Even though you might, your team might not agree with you or like what you say or, or you, know, you, don't want, you don't want to go down to the pub or the bar at the end of the day and, and drink with them, but you keep on doing what's right and trust God for the results. Maybe at school, you know, you're not invited to the it crowd and you don't ha- get to hang out at recess or break with the popular people. Keep on doing what's right 
and trust God for the results. Sometimes we have family members in our family that might not think or have the same faith we do, and they make fun of us and, and think of us as you know backward or illiterate or intolerant, whatever it may be, but keep on doing what's right and trust God for the results. We don't have to participate in every behavior just to fit in. We're called to be different and live a different standard. We don't have to cut corners just because our team is cutting corners. We don't have to compromise our values just because someone else might not have the same values as we are. We don't have to be shy. We can stand up, stand out, and be what Jesus has called us to. Because here's the reality. The world is getting darker and darker. And what the world needs is light to shine to help people see a way, especially those that are looking for a way out of these dark and depressing times. And so Peter says, don't worry about the results. Worry about how you live under pressure. Don't worry about what happens. And that's easy to say. See, the reality is this. Persecution has never have and never will weaken the church. Persecution has always strengthened the church and made the church prosper. It has actually caused the increase in believers, not the decrease in believers. So a lot of times it's easy to claim to be a Christ follower, but it's in how you live that really determines whether you're a true Christ follower. If you're living the way Jesus asks, So don't worry when you are persecuted is a hard thing to say. Don't worry when you're going through trials. Worry when you're not. Because when you're not being persecuted, it points to the fact that you're not on the battlefield. You're not in the game. You're not following in the ways of Jesus. Because if Jesus was persecuted, then we are going to be out there. So let's stop being comfortable And let's get to the place of uncomfortableness to be comfortable with God. That might seem like a contrary statement, but it's absolutely true. Put yourself out there to live what you believe and not conform to what everyone else says. See, because when we do that, when we fill ourselves with pride and and want to conform, we actually oppose God. And Peter brings us this understanding. He says this, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. I love that thing. I love that. You know, another version says, cast all your worries on God. Throw your worries on God. Of course, Peter, being a fisherman, understood this because that's the term he's using. Cast your worries upon God. You know, as a fisherman, he understood what it was to take a fishing net and to throw it over his boat in the hope of catching fish. When you throw the net overboard, you're not holding on to it. You're releasing it. And in the same way, he's saying, when you have worries, when you have cares, when you have stresses, take those things and cast it. Release it. Throw it onto God because you don't have to bear it. You don't have to care. Why? Because God cares about you. The people around you that you're trying to please, they're trying to fit in, you're trying to live up to, they don't care about you. Not in the same way. Here's what real care and love is. A God who chooses to give his life for you and for me. 
A God who gives everything so you and I can come into relationship with him. If we want to please anyone, let's please the one who gave everything for us. Not the one who is around us who just wants us to be, we want to be popular with. Let's please the one that loves us the most. Let's please the one that's invested in us the most. Let's be the one that is always going to be there with us no matter what happens because he cares about us. And so when you go through different situations, give it to God. When you're having financial problems, cast your care upon him. When you're suffering you know, problems with your children and they're stressing you, cast their cares upon him. When you are suffering through health situations or, or going through different persecutions, cast your cares upon God. When you're stressed out or anxious, cast your cares upon him. Especially when you're persecuted, cast your cares upon him. Cast your worries upon him because God cares for you. And this is not going to last forever because God is going to assure us of a victory, not in our surroundings, but in Him. Peter gives us a great understanding to this concept when he says, So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you. He will place you on a firm foundation. All power to Him forever. Amen. You see, yes, we go through suffering. Yes, it's painful. Yes, we feel horrible about it because we're not part of the in crowd. But your suffering has a purpose that's going to elevate you in God who truly cares about you. It's going to strengthen your faith like no other thing can. It's going to embolden you to live a life of success because your faith is rooted and grounded in the knowledge of who Jesus is. It's going to equip you to come against all kind of opposition so you can make it through. Because here's the thing, God is going to restore us. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to support us through all of these situations. God is the one that's going to give us the victory. Not over everything around us, but in Jesus. We gain victory when we follow in the footsteps, the ways, and the life of Jesus. We don't gain victory. We're not greater faith-paced people when we give in to opposition and we go along with the crowd. It weakens our faith. It dilutes who we are. And it ultimately does not allow you to shine a light in a dark world. But when you do stand for Jesus, you're going to face opposition. You're going to have people come against you. But through that, God is going to sustain you, strengthen you, and restore you to the place of victory. He places you on a solid rock foundation that can't be shaken. You are built for success. You're built for the long run. You're built to be like Jesus, to shine in a dark world. And Peter says, remember, you are not called to be the same. You are called to be different. So be different because Jesus was different. Be different because he came to transform the world and we're called to do the very same. Be different because you are unique, you are blessed, and you are chosen by God. And that's a good enough reason. More so that he cares for you. And all you have to do is cast your concerns, your cares, your worries upon him because God is invested in you.
And ultimately, God assures us that his presence will always be with us. So give me Jesus over everything else. I would rather have Jesus than silver and gold. It was an old song we used to sing back in the day. And it's absolutely true because the things of this world will perish, but that ongoing relationship with Jesus is going to be eternal. So maybe you're watching today and you've never decided to truly invest your life into Jesus. Maybe you've never faced persecution and your faith is weak, it's diluted, it doesn't have the strength to go the long run. And I'm challenging you today to get into the game. And I'm challenging every single one of us. And maybe you've never decided to follow Jesus, but this is an opportunity to follow him because here's the promise. He cares for you. He will sustain you. He will strengthen you. And ultimately, you will gain victory of eternity in Jesus. And this is a good enough reason to put your faith and follow Jesus because he cares more for you than anyone else does. And he's proved that by his very act of sacrifice and love. So let's pray together as we bring this series to a close. I hope it's challenged you. I hope it's equipped you. And I hope it has prepared you to live a life what Jesus called us to live, to be truly different in a dark world, to shine brightly for his cause and for his glory. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for the great apostle Peter, who went through such tremendous persecution, but chose to write these wonderful words to strengthen us, to equip us, to remind us that as we follow in your footsteps, we're following you to be like you, to be conformed according to your image and not conformed to the image of the world. So we thank you, we honor you and bless you. And so we have the privilege sometimes, and we don't look at it that way, of of suffering with you because we don't want to suffer. We don't want to go through pain. We want to, to seek comfort. But Lord, it's in standing boldly, it's in confronting the world that we actually strengthen our faith and become more like you. So we thank you for your words of encouragement. We thank you that your presence is always with us. We thank you that we can cast your our cares rather onto you because you care for us. And so we do that today. We cast all our cares, all our worries. And I pray that someone watching, that someone today would make that choice, that bold choice to follow it genuinely after you and to get into the game and not sit on the sidelines anymore. Let's all be invested. Let's all be counted and all live a life of success based on what you've called us to, to live different in a dark world. We thank you today, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.